For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Happy holiday week! It is Thanksgiving week and we're back to talk about some Giants baseball. It does feel a little weird talking about baseball during Thanksgiving week. It's more yeah. of a football kind of thing. Uh, Especially they, when things are so slow, man. Yeah. Let's yeah. get this free agency going here. <laughs> uh, the 49ers play on Thanksgiving this year. Right. They play the, the week, night huh? game, short week. You guys got a, a W. I think we beat up the Seahawks for you guys. So you're welcome. Because I, I don't – I it looks like – uh, Geno Smith is probably going to play, but I, I think uh, Kenneth Walker is not going to play. But Charbonnet is a killer running back. So, yeah, Aaron Aaron Darnold yeah. kind of <laughs> a little rude to Mister Geno Smith. He's a he's a bad man. He's a <laughs> bad man. I tell you, Aaron Donald has not missed a step at 31, 32 years old. So fun to watch. That's a beast. Yeah, uh, I am. This is the second showing of my new. Tribe called Quest hat. Yes, I I like and the reason that I bought the hat is because the 30th anniversary of Midnight Marauders was recently, and so they put out a bunch of new merch. Unrelated to that, I had also purchased the Love Movement, which is one of the few, it may be the only tribe album that I didn't have on vinyl. There may be another oh, one. Yeah. I just have to go through them and, and, and figure out which one I still need. But the Love Movement. I mentioned this to Brad not that long ago, but the Love Movement <laughs> is an album to me. It's not a great Tribe album. They they no. got some good tracks on it. Yeah, the 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 lead track is awesome. Yeah, but the reason why it means a lot is because so we're talking about late '90s. So we're, I I believe it's 1998. This album comes out. And, you know, the tribe is, you know, we're into a different era of hip hop of what's popular. You know, 98 is much different than 1991 when they kind of uh, get popular uh, with the low end theory. So Brad is uh, Brad and I are a part of uh, the San Jose State sports show on KSJS. Brad, uh, you are probably the lead host of, of this roundtable show. I think so. Yeah. And the show is over. And the person who was supposed to be next to host uh, the next radio show that was following the sports show was not 
there. Like they did not show up. They were late for their shift. And so Brad's like, well, I guess I have to like do this hip hop show <laughs> until, <laughs> until this person gets here. And I was so, well versed on classic hip hop. Yeah. Early nineties hip hop. Like you said, this was 98. This, this album came out in September 98. So this is probably like September, October when this all went down and I didn't know the new stuff. I only knew like what I knew, what I liked and the old stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here for those on video, here is what the album looks like. Ooh, so it's just a looks, white album. It's called love movement. That looks really nice on vinyl. I like yeah. the, I like the big stock on that. Yeah. That's and cool. so as Brad is really hustling, like he doesn't have anything planned to play. He just realizes this person is not there for their set. And he just pulls out a, I don't know if it, it had to have been a record, right? No, it was a CD. It oh, was a CD because okay. we had the two CD players in the, in the studio. Yeah. Okay. So he pulls out a CD and it is the love movement. And he looks at the track list and I'm going to look at the track list here. He picks track number three. The track is called the booty. <laughs> And this is the track that Brad plays like in the urgency that was necessary so that there wasn't dead air. He looked at the, the thing and he's like, that sounds like a great one. Da booty. And that's the track that Brad yeah. plays until the, the person shows up for their set. So that is a very memorable KSJS moment for me uh, because Brad, I just remember seeing Brad in the clutch and go to tribe and, I think that that's probably a great call. In if you needed, if you needed uh, a, a, an album to play, just throw something from Tribe on. Yeah, absolutely. And then and, and that's I think I, I had a bunch of CDs too. Is like bumper music was always kind of the thing. So yeah, and so I had that one, and, and I probably had just bought it as well. So it was very exciting for me to be able to play my jams <laughs> on the KSJS. <laughs> so, yeah. You did the. Uh, the country show from what i remember i did yeah i had that smoking gun show on saturday nights from oh gosh i think it was like five to seven so it was like two hours of of classic country music um there wasn't any country classic country music being played in the bay area in the late 90s it was not a thing there was no serious xm that was not there was no serious and there was no xm as you remember when they first came out there were two different companies uh xm was launched in 2000 and i bought an xm receiver like a month into their launch i went to circuit city and they had a, a receiver yeah. there and it was like 100 yeah. bucks and then i subscribed to it and i did all the cool stuff and I, I was so into that because i got classic country i got mid country i got 90s i got all that cool country so but before that yeah i had i would go to um Oh, let's let's think of some names here. Rasputin. Oh yeah, uh, Rasputin, Rasputin still exists. Yeah, this is what I've heard. Because as, again, as does Streetlight. I'm yeah, almost sure Streetlight oh exists too. So Streetlight, Rasputin, and that's when you could go into the record stores. You could find a classic country album that was super clean, not all gashed up, not dirty, anything like that, and it would be maybe fifty cents. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you go into a used record store, you're going to find that same record for like five dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six dollars yeah. or something like that. You yeah, know, like just, a, a super clean Willie Nelson classic album. They just wanted to get it out of Streetlight Records, so it would be like fifty cents. Please yeah. take this Willie Nelson. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that was fun. That was that was a lot of cool stuff. Um, I got to play on Saturday nights, and uh, man, I miss that. And then and then we had the morning show. I don't know if you remember that morning morning goo that was on every Friday morning from six a.m. to ten a.m. Oh wow! And and we did one show that was super fun. Right before Fourth of July, we had a, a Santa Clara police officer come in from the Santa Clara Police Department, and uh, myself and uh, co-host Sally Kite at the time. Nick Martinez was our engineer mm-hmm. uh, for the show, and he was on the show as well. The three of us and our buddy Harveen. You know Harveen. He's one. He's in all of our fantasy leagues. He came in, and we took a shot of tequila every half hour oh my god and and did it at 6 a.m starting at 6 a.m and did a blood alcohol test to kind of show like hey we're coming up on the fourth of july weekend this is what can happen you know quickly before you even know what's going on and uh yeah so by the end of that show i was uh i was riding pretty high that was it yeah i mean what would you uh, where were you going to sleep on campus because not like you could just go home after that (laughs) dropped me off and I, i crawled into bed and i was uh i was out that was it, man. I was gone. <laughs> so, so Davis, who is a, a younger listener, he, I, I don't even. Davis probably was barely born when the love, the love movement came. And <laughs> Davis may have only been a few years old, like five years old. That's or true. Something. Uh, so, yeah, this is Thompson to Clark origins. This is <laughs> Brad, when we we you know we we knew, we were very early in knowing each other. So, yeah, I, I, I love those uh, those stories. Okay, let's actually talk some baseball. Now, I think we should lead with Logan Webb finished second. I was I, I thought he may finish third. I thought because Arizona went far that Gallon, you know, might get more votes. But no, Logan Webb actually did get a first place vote as well. He yeah. finished a second in the NL Cy Young Award race to Blake Snell. And, uh, you know, Blake Snell had a we talked about his year, which is, you know, short, short stints. He wasn't a guy who's going to go in the eighth inning like Logan Webb would, but he was uh, very successful in his shorter stints. Uh, not, you know, striking out a lot of guys, not letting a lot of batters, you know, put barrel on the ball. You know, he he has his fair share of walks as well, but he throws a lot of pitches for a small amount of innings, but just had a hell of a second half. And so Blake Snell is your NL Cy Young Award winner. But I did think... And and I was going to ask you this because we're going to sort of relate this to new pitching coach Brian Price's conversation that he had with Andrew Baggerly in, in The Athletic. The idea that Logan Webb goes deep into games seemed to vibe well with voters in the era of the opener. And I know it vibes well with us because the Giants like only had like three starters all year long and we're just bullpen game bullpen game bullpen game so when you see Logan Webb you're like oh thankful you know we don't have to be on the edge of our seat in the third inning because you know Gabe Kapler's you know going to the mound already so I I thought that that was a really cool thing that he did very well because it shows you you know the starting pitcher going deep into games still matters yeah, absolutely. And it, it, Logan Webb led the majors, what, 216 innings, right, on the season uh, yeah. pitched. And so that's always, you know, that's one of those things, too, that you, you 
you kind of want to see the Giants move towards. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that later because I got some. I got a, a, a kind of a fun segment. I don't do many segments, but uh, I, I was like, I got to do this. Segment. Davis just hurt both of our feelings right now. Oh no! Show. Oh no! What happened? I, I was saying last night on the 49ers show, we won winners. I said that the last time the Niners won the Super Bowl, I was a high school senior. And he said he was born a month later after that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how old I was and what was that, 94? 94, it? yeah. It was be February. 94 January, season. Yeah, January of 95. January of 95, I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, older. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do math here. Let's see. Uh, I was able to drink. So there you go. There you Let's go. just put it that way. I was there you able go. To legally drink alcohol at that point. Yeah, I would have been 19 <laughs> myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, back to Logie. Uh, it, it was it was great to see that. And you know, the other thing about Logan Webb, he is a true. Like Ace Ace is, is correct in, in the description oh, of yeah. him, but he is a battler. Yeah. Like he is a grinder. And if he doesn't have his best stuff, it's a rare occasion where he gets run out quickly because he's going to figure out a plan B. And he and this year it was Patrick Bailey. They're gonna figure out a way to get through five innings without his best stuff. And I think that is maybe my favorite thing about him because when you don't have your best stuff, there's still a responsibility to the team because they expect to win when you pitch being the best starting pitcher. So when you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't have, you know, I don't have my a fastball or my sinker is, is not cutting the way that I want it to do. And you have to have a, a a battle plan so that your team still has an opportunity to win the baseball game. And I think that's my favorite thing about Logan Webb. Logan Webb is not going to come in, throw nine innings, 15 strikeouts, two hits, shut. That's just not the way that he pitches. He's going to pitch to contact a little bit more than that. And just the ability for him to give the Giants an opportunity to win just about every time he pitches. I think that's my favorite thing about him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, too, is he would have won the Cy Young Award had he not had. There were a couple of of games this year. I think there were I I don't know exactly how many I have to go back and look, but probably about four or five games where he just had those first inning yips. They give up a run, give up a home run. Uh, Took him a little while to settle in. If he can get rid of that, if next year he goes into uh, the season. And, and of course he's going to be way more comfortable with Patrick Bailey. Uh, I, it, you know, barring any kind of injury, Patrick Bailey will catch all 32 to 35 of Logan Webb starts. No problem. Um, so they're going to have a nice, um, rapport going into next season. And so I, I think again, get rid of those first inning yips in a couple of those games. And and he and he wins the Cy Young because when you look at a hundred and what 180 innings for Blake Snell on the season, 216 for Logan Webb, that's a pretty big difference. Uh and Logan Webb went deep into a bunch of games. Uh new regime. Uh we're gonna see hopefully more pitchers going for the Giants deep oh, yeah. in the ball games. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll circle back to the conversation with Brian Price that I mentioned, but I did want to mention a couple of other things. We we do pay attention to the rest of baseball. We're, we don't only pay attention to, to the Giants. Uh, Otani and Acuna, unanimous MVPs. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Shohei, I think that was kind of a lock. There wasn't really anybody else in the American League who was really competing. I guess the Seager quest- finished in second. And yeah, he's finished in Simeon. And Seeker had a decent season. He had a good season. But again, you're not as, – as long as you've got a guy like Shohei who can do what he does on the mound and at the plate, it, it's going to be near impossible to take a uh, uh, an MVP away from him. Now, next season, when he's not pitching, uh, there's going to be a battle for the AL MVP. Uh, yes. NL MVP, I'm, I'm really glad Acuna Jr. won it. He's, uh, you know, I've kind of gravitated towards that guy because I love the stolen bases. I love the fr- the he, he he was the first ever 40, 50, 40, 60, and 40, 70 guy he ever. He just kept going. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, and he was close to being 40, 80. I mean, if he could have just, you know, had a couple more to, I think it's seven or eight more stolen bases on the season, he would have been a 40, 80 guy, which is insane. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really like that guy. I really like Acuna Jr. Um, very well deserved. I know there was the battle around midseason, a little bit later than midseason, where you know people started talking about Freddie Freeman. Uh, who else was in there too? I think uh, Lindor was another one. They were kind of starting to kind of throw the name in, and then that got pulled back pretty quickly. Um, Olson, Matt Olson was another name that was mm-hmm. thrown in there. So, uh, but I think uh, altogether I, the voters got that one right because that's it. Anytime you have a historic season like that, you kind of you kind of got to give that award away. Yes, yes. And on the other side, uh, Garrett Cole also unanimous uh, Cy Young for the American League. So good to see that. Now there is a already a conversation about the Hall of Fame. Uh, the ballot came out, I think, today. Maybe we will look through that next week. It, it kind of came out a little bit too late for us to really do a yeah. deep dive on it. Yeah, we got to pour over that one. because Yeah, there, there's another news. thing I want to pour over with you as well. And maybe we'll also do that next week. Maybe we'll make next week a little bit more of like a, uh, a, a Major League Baseball uh, podcast uh, than, than a Giants one. Because there's a fan survey about the state of baseball that I think would be a really fun conversation that we could yeah. go through from the athletic. You're, um, you're not going to be talking about the Giants sh- signing Shohei next week, though. It, yeah, if that happens, we're <laughs> pushing everything. <laughs> everything think, goes, goes If that happens, we're probably going to do an emergency <laughs> pod, I would imagine. We're not yeah. going to wait until Monday. I think we'll... Exactly. I don't care. If it happens Thanksgiving night during the Niners-Seahawks game, <laughs> we, we still might have to jump on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, we may have to. I may have to put the game on pause and and uh, and just, you know, not try and stay away from, from any sort of updates. But, you yeah, know, sure. I ha- actually, for the first time since we started the We Want Winners podcast, I had to watch the 49ers game on delay. Oh, and okay. uh, so, so you'll, you'll love this uh, hot take Bry. Oh yeah. He's been living in San Francisco. He lived his previous apartment that we just moved him out of was uh, a, f- a 10 minute walk from eight from uh, Oracle park, which I loved because I would just park at his complex and we'd walk <laughs> to the games. That's awesome. And, uh, but he's moved into the North beach area, which was, 
a little bit of a hike, but we moved him out of his place. And uh, I bounced around the neighborhood a little bit in the Uber getting back to my car. And that place is, is lively. He and uh, his significant other, they're going to have a blast living in that neighborhood. Uh, San Francisco gets a little bit of a bad rap these days because there is there there is a lot of uh, 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 homeless, unfortunately, or unhoused or unhoused neighbors in San Francisco. Uh, but this area is kind of popping, so I think they're going to have a blast. But so because of that, I was not able to watch the game, and I was Davis. We mentioned Davis. Davis was keeping me updated on stuff going to the game. Also, my guy Shelvin, who is like the third member of the podcast with Ron and I, because because he's always with us. They were kind of keeping me going, and I was like, oh, my gosh, do I try and stay away from spoilers? It's almost impossible. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stay away from spoilers. If if I get spoilers, so be it. Uh, then I went after we we I had to leave a little bit earlier to get home, and I went to a taqueria right around the corner from his place, and I got a burrito. I had my Coke Zero. I had my phone, Hulu Live, <laughs> got through the first quarter of the game on the small screen, and uh, and then in the Uber got got to halftime. And when I got home, I watched the rest of it. But like that was the first. Like it's so hard to think. Like I can do this podcast. I'm away from home, watching it on the small screen, not able to really listen to the commentary. So it's a little bit of a different viewing for me. Uh, but because the Giants have. 162 games like you and i don't catch every game live we don't no. catch half of the games live like you know we're catching up you know later because there's so many games but for football it was just like oh my gosh but i got through it and and, and i'm fine i'm okay and uh, we, we were able to do our podcast a little <laughs> later last night it's so hard to do it nowadays um <clears throat> back when we would watch the games on you know the the advent of the dvr or the vhs tape you really, the only time you would get it spoiled to you is by a human being. Like yeah. somebody would yeah. have to say, Hey, your Rams did awesome today. And you're like, no, I'm trying to like, <laughs> just get home. Because you, could, you could throw on a rock station on the way home or a CD or a tape. And you're not going to, you're not going to hear it. Nowadays you're going to get a, did I turn off all the eight, sports alert that i have on my app all the different apps that i have exactly. on my phone you know so you gotta i gotta put it on do not disturb but then i gotta make sure i can my kids can get through while i have it on do not disturb so there yeah you know, there's so many moving parts with that nowadays i was thinking about that the other day i was like you know those days are gone where you're trying to hide from the score so yeah yeah totally what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, so Yamamoto posted today, or actually will be posting tomorrow. And so there will be a 45-day period in which teams can... Uh, I, I don't even know what the terminology is. Do you make an offer? Do you? I think you just go straight negotiation. Negotiate, you, yeah, you, whatever you go it right is. Right into negotiation. So the all teams have forty five days, and I wonder if the Otani stuff doesn't even happen until after Yamamoto is done. Like the Probably. just the you know you mentioned this at the, at the beginning there's not there's there's one signing that we'll talk about here in a second that's kind of a big deal but there's no schedule to any of this it's just sort of like oh it's the off season and you know it's not like teams i'm sure teams would love to know what Shohei's plans are so they could figure out the rest of their team but what if he waits until the last minute and then you're like, well, we lost, and now we have to fill out the back end of our team in a matter of uh, you know a few weeks here. Like, that's there's a little bit of stress there, I'm sure about. Oh, yeah. And and you know, what if you're one of those teams who are kind of in the mix for Shohei, but you're not confident? Maybe you're not the Dodgers. Somehow the Cubs snuck ahead of the Giants in the in the odds for Otani. I don't understand that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Uh, but. You know, if you're one of the three or four teams that sort of have the good odds and you lose out and this takes a while, then you got to like figure out a lot of stuff. And by then, some of these some of these other players may be gone. Like there's a timing aspect of free agency that's got to be frustrating for some of these GMs. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Otani's going to wait until afterwards because him and his agent want to absolutely take a look to see what Yamamoto gets and Yamamoto. Uh, you have to be done with negotiations. He has to be signed by January 4th. So we're already into the new year at that point. So Otani's going to be after that, I think, because obviously they're smart, they're savvy, they know what they're doing, but they're going to look at Yamamoto and say, hey, this guy hasn't pitched in the United States ever against yeah. major leaguers. He hasn't pitched a season here. What is he going to get if he's going to end up getting like you know, two hundred and fifty million. Well, then Otani's agent can easily say, "Well, Otani's done that already here, so his pitching alone is worth three hundred million, three hundred and fifty million. Then you tack on what he can do with the bat, another three hundred. You're looking at maybe six, six fifty at that point. So I, I'm sure they want to see what Yamamoto's going to get. I mean, the the whole which we're about to talk about, the whole Aaron Nola thing kind of set the market for pitching. And from here, it's just kind of a domino effect going forward. There's one interesting thing about the the Shohei thing. And I've read this before, but I didn't know if there was any validity to it. But the idea that Mike Trout is out there to be gotten. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I can't imagine that's real, but. 
Yeah, it would. It's hard to believe that the Angels would be okay with losing both of those dudes. Yeah, but if you can restock your farm system, because you know Mike Trout is in his early thirties now. By the end of his contract, his current contract, he's going to be, I think, in his later thirties. So you're you're taking this this longer contract as well. And you're taking that off the Angels' hands. And maybe if they didn't sign Rendon to this contract that is like a grenade, then then maybe you maybe they're maybe they they're not too worried about trout. But if you can get off of, you're never getting off of Rendon. There's no possible way you're getting off of Rendon. That you know, that that could be the case. I mean, the the way that can happen, I was listening to a, a show today and and one of the hosts had mentioned that. It, say it say it is the Dodgers and and um you know because that is kind of the rumor the Dodgers would try to sign Shohei and they would try to trade for Trout. Um one way to kind of ease that for the Angels is you also take Rendon and his contract. Ooh. Yeah, I know that, that <laughs> because then that kind of frees up the Angels to start over. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would get a ton of prospects from the Dodgers. The Dodgers are always stacked, always have great prospects. Um, and then you take Trout and Rendon, and then you figure out what you're going to do with Rendon. Um, but, man, I, there would be a revolt in Anaheim. I, you're already going to lose ticket sales if you don't get a chance to bring back Otani. Okay, but here's the question. Do, do Angels fans like... Are they passionate enough to have a revolt? Like, (laughs) you know, I I think for I think for Trout, because Trout is their guy. I mean, Trout is he was born and raised in that Anaheim Mm -hmm. organization. So that's their guy. Yeah. So at this point in his 30s, if you lose him, you're going to have a generation of kids and teenagers in early 20s. Uh, 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 adults who grew up with Mike Trout who are going to say, what's what's to keep us here? Oh, he got traded to the Dodgers. Guess what? We're now Dodger fans because we're within close pros- oh, proximity yeah. to L.A. Sure, That's a sure smart, they're our rival. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, and we hate them. We hate them, but now we like them because they got Trout and they got Shohei and they got Rendon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> the Dodgers would be like, okay, <laughs> Rendon, here's a check. Mm-hmm. Just uh, go go find another team. Like we're we're just yeah, gonna yeah, give yeah. you mo- give you go away money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They pretty much have to at this point. I mean, it's got to be. I don't know. I'd love to see him at least attempt to have a uh, uh, one more healthy season mm-hmm. to see what you get out of him. Um, but if Trout's gone and and Otani's gone, then that's your. It's kind of your veteran, man. That that's who you've got, kind of bringing up the the, the young kids, which they don't really have many young kids because remember they kind of made a push uh, yeah, after the All Star year. Yeah, right up to the trade deadline, they they traded away a lot of good prospects. And then they to ended up kind of waving guys. They got the the great. Uh, did they get? Are they the ones who got Giolito, or did he end up? Uh, yeah, they I did. Think they, they did. Got, they got Giolito. So, yeah. and. I was of the opinion that you kind of had to do it because you had Otani. Yes. And you had to show him. It was gonna it was gonna bite you in the ass no matter what, but you had to yeah. do it. Okay, here's a question. Hmm? Now, this is the worst of our nightmares. Otani 
is going to the Dodgers. Let's just say that that is happening. Yep. Do the Giants proactively have a deal ready for Trout just so that the Dodgers don't also end up with Mike Trout? 110% yes. Yeah, I mean, you. It's everybody. It's Luciano. even if it's, it's even if it's Luciano and it's, Harrison. It's Luciano. It's Harrison. It's everybody because chances are they're going to uh, pull the trigger with the Dodgers because they have better prospects. That's kind of the way it is. Um, and the Dodgers will up and do whatever they can. Uh, they'll say we'll take the entire contract mm-hmm. and we'll give you our top prospects. The Giants, their deal might be look. We'll give you these prospects, but you take, uh, we'll take 80% of his contract, mm-hmm. 70% of his contract, whatever. You eat some of that money. But yeah, you, you have to, you have to compete. You have to at least make an effort if the Dodgers are going to pull something like that. You've got to be ready and you can't just go down not swinging. I mean, I, I, I don't remember the exact way it went down with Juan Soto. The Giants even, rumored to have made an offer when, when the Padres were kind of pulling the trigger on that. I don't, I don't think they had the guys that the Padres they really or that the, uh, this, the Washington nationals would have even wanted. No, now, because, I mean, now it's a little bit better because yeah. you, you, you do have Luciano uh, who showed that, you know, he, he made a big league roster. Harrison didn't have the lights out season that I think some of the, Hopefuls wanted. They wanted Bumgarner part two, but that didn't happen. Uh, but they did make the big club. So there is, if you believe in the Giants' ability to evaluate talent, you go, oh, yeah, they, they made it to the, to the big team. So um, it, it is just the Dodgers just have younger, younger talent who are a little bit easier to sell because – you haven't seen them struggle as much because they're not, you know, 22 or 23. They're right. 19 and, <laughs> and and they're tearing up divisions, you know, uh, and, and they're just kind of growing within. And you just trust the Dodgers ability to draft and to and to uh, give prospects the, the right blueprint to grow within the system. You trust their organization to do that. So you're not just trading for prospects that you think are worthy, you're also trading for prospects that you think have been handled appropriately in their development. And so that's yeah. the other that's the other piece of what makes their prospects uh, so attractive. Yeah, the other thing too is uh, you know looking at Mike Trout's contract, you have to understand too if the Dodgers do end up getting him, uh they will be saddled with 35 and a half million dollars a year for the next seven years. And Trout will be 38 at the end of that deal. So uh, that's a lot to take on. Um, but if there's a team that's in win now mode that continues to stumble in the playoffs, I mean, th- this is the only team that I can think of in the majors that is there. That is win now. We keep we we keep being a win now team and we keep not being able to, to get over the hurdle and into the world series and win the world series. Can't say that about the Orioles brand new young team, just getting into the playoffs, just starting to kind of show who they are. Uh, Texas Rangers. I mean, they could make that a, a deal like that, but again, they've already got a winner. They know what they can do. 
the Dodgers are that team. It's not going to be the Padres either because they're trying to shed salary. So um, the Yankees and Red Sox don't even seem to be in the mix, which is uh, always two organizations previously in the past who you'd always have to worry about. But yeah, it does seem like it's right now in baseball. It seems like if you're competing for guys, it's the Dodgers and it's the Mets. And the Yankees a little bit. I know you said not necessarily, but I can't find, honestly, I can't find a free agent whose name is not tied to the Yankees right now. Uh, that's kind of the the frightening thing too, because they, you know, they're also on the cups. They gave all that money to Aaron judge and they're trying to build this team around Aaron judge. And they've got Garrett Cole, the AL Cy Young award winner. So they've got these two players that they're, and they're sitting there not making the playoffs. So, I mean, there there are a lot of free agent names that are tied to the Yankees right now. too. Yeah. I just think the Yankees are a little bit and, and watch them be come out all of a sudden they're, they're (laughs) number one. I, I just find them to be a little bit of a, reputational thing right yeah. now that than a reality but you, a little bit you know, more talk yeah but but it you know they could surprise us for sure but the fact mm. that the giants are in the mix whether they are a distant third or whether they are actually competitive for otani this is this is a big deal i think it's a big deal for fans i think fans want to see farhan actually sign somebody who was hard to sign. Like, can you, like, you know, you talk about um, the deal, right? Negotiation. Can you bring somebody home? And he has not shown the ability to do that yet. And this, this is a good opportunity for him. Maybe it's not this, maybe it's next year with Soto, but it's gotta be soon because, you know, this fan base is just kind of waiting on their heels. Like, give me a, a guy who we want to come and we want to go watch and we want to pay t- pay for tickets because right now Logan Webb is great, but Logan Webb isn't the box office guy. You know, let's say Luciano comes out and hits 25 bombs next year. Maybe he becomes a little bit of that box office guy. Maybe Harrison, uh, you know, has a good season. He becomes a little bit of that, but they don't, they don't have that. So that's what you get with right. Otani. And I would actually pay, this is why the Giants have to overpay for this guy to keep him away from the Dodgers. Like they have to bump whatever the Dodgers are offering. The Giants need to add ten million to that. They need to add twenty million to that because <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's like look, man, we got we got to get this guy. He's the only surefire guy out there. And if you want to change your prospects around, if you want to turn yourself from an average baseball team into a good baseball team, or at least an attractive baseball team. There's one guy that can do that for you right now. And that is Shohei. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even Yamamoto, I mean, Yamamoto, he can help. He can push you into the the next realm. Um, but not like Shohei can. I mean, Shohei is a, I mean, this sounds so dumb, but Shohei is a show. I mean, that's 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 what he is. I mean, he he is a put the, the show. Seats. He is the show. He is the show. He is the face of Major League Baseball right now. Even though Major League Baseball is, a, I mean, you know, they wear the absolute dunce cap when it comes to marketing. They're one of the. <laughs> I mean, I watch NHL commercials and I go, "Ooh, I'm excited to watch a game tonight." <laughs> MLB commercials, and I'm like, "What's going on here, man? What are we trying to market? What are we yeah. doing?" I, I know. I mean, 
you and I being baseball fans, we don't need the marketing to get into the game. We're already into the game. But if you want to draw fans, if you want to get fringe San Francisco uh, uh, Giants fans and, and fringe people who live in the city to come and see Shohei, the, the, the Giants in Major League Baseball really need to do a good job if they had a guy like Shohei and, and really kind of step up their game. I mean, years ago, gosh, we had – you know, the Buster Posey and, and Romo uh, telenovela commercials, the Spanish <laughs> commercials, stuff like that. There is nothing to market this year. No. really. Honestly, when it came down to there's nothing to market. The Brandon fun. and Brandon. The Brandon and Brandon. There's nothing fun and happy. So, I mean, that kind of all needs to change. I think the marketing for the Giants needs to kind of like flip a switch at some point. You don't think Jock in the clubhouse playing cards? is <laughs> playing uh god i wish i could remember the name of the game but yeah i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i mean that type of stuff yeah i don't know we, we just uh, have to draw attention away from that as well yeah <laughs> okay so you mentioned air nola seven for 172 not a break the bank contract it, you know it is about a 24 to 25 AAV there for him. It's still more is, than he should have gotten, but which yeah. is good. Which, which yeah, is good you know him. really good. Seven years, Phillies. He'll, he'll be on their roster. Uh, you know, the, the w- w- we still have to kind of see how these long term deals end up for pitchers. Uh, there's always a worry about that, but I don't think he was really attached to the Giants in any way. It seems like yeah. Philly was always the the spot for him to go back to and from what i understand maybe he even gave up a little bit of money to to stay there which i always find so interesting that players do that like lo- well, loyalty and- sometimes so sometimes loyalty isn't equal for both parties <laughs> yeah exactly well and and i think it's i think it's mainly because atlanta was kind of knocking on the door too and so you got your division rival saying hey we'll take Nola over here and, you know, we'll bring him in for a visit and we'll start to offer him money. So Dombrowski, I'm sure jumped in and was like, I'm going to give you more than you're worth. You had a four and a half ERA last year, but you pitched awesome in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and you are Philadelphia and you are here and you've been here. Uh, You're going to, let's finish the rest of your career here. Um, What do you say? We got a winner, you know, we're in the NLCS every year. Let's do this. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely gave him more. I think Atlanta probably would have given him less. But, hey, I mean, again, setting the market, that's the whole thing, though. You get that first signing like that, and you're kind of setting the market. And I wonder if Farhan saw that and was like, what are you doing, Dombrowski? You're killing me. Well, <laughs> it's the years thing that is so surprising to me, especially with these pitchers. Yeah. And we're, we're watching all these teams go away from the idea of having this horse or this ace because they want to save the arms. And yet you're saying that this guy's going to be as good as he was in five, six, seven years as he is now. That's just so weird to me. He's going to be 37 years old at the end of this. Deal. I, it's possible that they just think that the money's going to keep going up and up and up and up. And they, they that's not really, you oh, know, if you sign, if you sign some, sign somebody to seven years, the great possibility that it is not going to be your problem at the end of that deal, you're not going to be right. there. You're more than likely not going to be working for that team. So pretty interesting. Yeah, Cause you look at, let's see, his ERA 4.46 this year, 3.25 the year before 4.63 in 21. Uh, he had a beautiful 2018 great season. Cy Young uh, third in Cy Young voting. He was 17 and six with a 
2.37 sparkling ERA, but he hasn't really touched that since. But he is a he is a 180 to 200 inning guy. Um, yeah. In the world of inflation, it's hard for the rest of us to look at those numbers and be like, what are ticket prices going to be next year now? Hey, man, they, like you said, they believe they have the secret sauce because they've been in the the World Series and the uh, National League Championship Series two years in a row. So, look, you got, you you know, the, the fan base is hot. Tickets are, tickets are going you're filling up that ballpark. You have money. You want to take advantage of it. You want to keep Philadelphia being the for, for baseball, the, the hotbed. And you're dealing also with you got the Eagles. The Eagles are really good right now. They're playing oh, yeah. Kansas City. Um, I'm kind of have it on in the background here, uh, which is uh, this number is going to do. I mean, this game is going to do bonkers television yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I, I haven't turned it on yet i usually have it you know sometimes when we're doing our show on monday night so kind of have the game on the side uh but but uh yeah philadelphia is uh and the sixers are doing good right and sixers are good joel yeah. Embiid. uh they don't have james harden anymore to bog them down so things are the good flyers there. are good too i mean everybody's it's a, it's a good sports town right now yeah everything everybody's good in philly right now so yeah that's you you got to you got to keep the band together so to speak so so that was a great move sylvester stallone has got a new documentary <laughs> oh have you seen it yet yes i did yeah okay we're it's watching right. the we're it's, watching the billy okay. eilish one right now from two years ago on apple uh tv plus mm. i'm, I'm mm. enjoying that so. yes yeah, so the sly one is on netflix it it's solid it, you know if you're a sly fan it's it's fine not nothing i wouldn't say it's anything you need to go out of your way uh to watch but I, this is kind of funny. I also watched the Pamela Anderson one on it. Oh, we started that and we didn't get through it because I got really bored within the first 20 minutes. No, you you got to hang with it a little okay. bit because 2023 Pam is a little bit different than the Pam it, that we remember. Is. You know, she's a little bit older and she's kind of dealing with all of these memories. Uh, but it, it is worth it. I haven't finished it yet either, but I'm like. I think I'm like 70% through and it's solid. Okay. It's solid. All right. L- let's uh, end this with two more things. I wanted to mention this quote from giants, new pitching coach, Brian price. And then we'll go to the segment that, uh, that Brad put together to end this show. So Brian price. Now this is a long quote. I'm going to read it, but I want to get your thoughts immediately. Uh, and this is in relation to the idea of the opener versus what we talked about Logan Webb being the you know the the horse uh, on this team yeah so brian price says that really leads me into my basic philosophy let starters pitch the innings it's no discredit to anybody i think it's more of an industry-wide issue the industry has gotten comfortable deciding that the less exposure for starters in the middle and later innings the better the stats tell you that the third and fourth time through the lineup Hitting numbers go up significantly. Those stats don't lie. But because we've been trying to avoid injuries at all costs, we've given all of the pitchers less exposure. But the game is still nine innings. Whatever outs the starter leaves on the table will be absorbed by the bullpen. And with limitations on the number of pitchers you can have, unless you constantly rotate guys back and forth from the minor leagues, which I don't think is terribly healthy either, you're going to overuse your bullpen in the first half of the season. So for me, To see a major league team 
be consistently good over the long term. You need to have depth in the rotation and have pitchers beyond your one or two that are capable of throwing more than five innings, that are hungry, and that are allowed to continue into the sixth, seventh, eighth innings when they're on and pitching well. The only way to do that is to get them stretched out to where it's reasonable to be out there with 110, 115 pitches. You can't ask that of a young guy who hasn't thrown more than 80 to 85 pitches. It's not realistic. There's times in a season when your bullpen is beat up and your starter that day has to be ready to take on a larger workload. You may need those seven innings and 120 pitches. You need your starters to be ready for that. So that's a long quote. Brian Price is like kind of he, he's like speaking for us there. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's old school. So well, like we talked about when the Giants hired Bob Melvin, you're going to get a mix. You're you're going to get so you're you got Bruce Bochy old school, you got Gabe Kapler new school, you got Bob Melvin middle school. I mean, he's right <laughs> down the middle. Yeah, a little bit of each. Brian Price was his pitching coach in 2000 Oh gosh, I think he was with him in Seattle, from what I yeah. remember. And he was with he he actually describes yeah. that whole process in the interview with Andrew Baggerly, which I I would okay tell people to go and read it. It is it is a really good good piece. Uh, he's a Bay Area guy. Like yeah, he grew up going to Giants games in the mid to late seventies and the early eighties, and so he knows this market well. And I guess uh, he and Melvin are one year apart in age, and I guess that they would have possibly played together at Cal, but Melvin thought the Juco route would actually get him to the big leagues faster. So he went the Juco route. And, uh, and so uh, they, they did not uh, price did not get to pitch to Melvin, but I guess in Seattle is when they connected and price said that he actually got an interview to be a manager uh, when they, I, what did they, they traded like Lou Pinella or something, right? Like, is that how yeah. the job opened up for Melvin? So he, so he interviewed for the managerial position, but, price thought he's like you know i don't really have like the resume for this so i you know i it's not that i don't want to interview for it i'm just not really ready for it and then when melvin interviewed as well melvin and him had, him had a conversation and melvin was like hey i hope you know i hope we're good you know we're both interviewing for the same thing and price was like nah we're good man and i can't wait to work for you because you're probably going to get the job so uh, so there's a history there that goes back to over 20 years. So I think that's a yeah. really cool thing for them is, is to be together again. And Price basically said he was retired because when he was with the Phillies and then the pandemic happened, he did not want to be away from his family. So he just basically said, hey, I'm not going to do the pandemic thing. I'm not going to isolate from my family. And instead, I'm just going to retire because you guys have been good to me. I'm not going to go to another team. And so he was just retired and just away from the game. I think he was a consultant maybe with Melvin last year. And when Melvin got the Giants job, he's like, okay, like that's just too good to be true. And I need to take this position. (laughs) I'm a Giants fan. My buddy Bob Melvin is the manager. It's like perfect. He wants me to come back and actually be a pitching coach at Oracle Park. So it's a, yes, it's crazy. Is, yeah, it's a, it's a no brainer. So uh, it's it's good, and we've been clamoring for this. I, again, we kind of got on board with the opener and the less innings pitch for starters, and blah 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 blah. We we kind of and because yeah, you we had to. I mean, you you don't have a choice. You can push back against it as a fan, but you also have to try to look for the bright spots in it because it was happening. It's something that was happening, but 
as time went on, especially you and I talked about it a lot this year on the show, we're like the, 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 the one and dive openers. We're tired of it, man. We, we need a five man pitching rotation. Um, Again, if you get Shohei, Shohei would like a six-man pitching rotation. Exactly. Like to pitch. That's how they do it in Japan, though. They pitch every sixth day. So yes. if you have to accommodate that, you accommodate that because it's Shohei. And you don't have to do it this season because he can't pitch this season, but next season. Um, so, it, so it's very, very intriguing, very exciting to hear. Because you know what, the, what else this does, too? This makes spring training invitees free agent pickups and guys you have on the roster already, it makes it a really, really intriguing competition come this spring training to battle for those five spots. Um, so I'm very excited to, to, to see once again, like, okay, we're going to have some pitchers that are, are going to go a little bit deeper. The philosophy is going to be you work through tough spots. Um, maybe our defense, Matt Chapman at third, is a little bit better. <laughs> uh, so you can you don't have to get that strikeout when you're gassed in the sixth inning. Maybe you can pitch through it by putting the ball in play, especially if you're at home at Oracle Park. Um, so we're going to see a little bit more nuanced baseball, and, and, I, and I'm very excited for that. And uh, I've got to read that article. And and this next segment, segment that I put together, um, one of the things that I chose, I had not read that. I had not seen that quote yet. You had not told me about that quote. And so you'll see even how ex more excited we are about the, the prospect of having starting pitchers go deeper into ball games. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh... – and uh, introduce your segment here. Let's uh, let's give the people the idea that you had, and then we can go into it. Yeah, I just, I mean, since it was the holidays, I thought, you know, let's do things we were thankful for over the last season. Then I thought, no, I wasn't thankful for a whole lot. And we've already <laughs> talked about the little bit of stuff we were thankful for, and there wasn't much. Um, Logan Webb, number two in Cy Young voting. Uh, you know, Tyro Estrada doing his thing. Uh, Patrick Bailey. You know, other than that, there there wasn't a whole lot to be thankful for last season. So I thought, let's do a little bit of fortune telling. Let's do mm. a hopeful, thankful segment. So this is what I'm hopeful that I will be thankful for at the end of the 2024 season. And the first is, I don't know if you chose any, but I, I chose. No, I, I have one and I think okay, I'll perfect. be able to create another one by the time we get through some of this stuff. Perfect. You go I've, first. Got, you totally go I've first. got two, so I'll kick it off. One thing that I'm hopeful that we're thankful for at the 20, at the end of the 2024 season is that the giant starters are top 10 in innings pitched. And, and again, we, we hadn't even talked about this yet. I hadn't even, we haven't even, hadn't even gotten to this segment. I hadn't seen the quote or anything. I didn't look at the rundown yet. I was just thinking, this is something I really, really want to see mm -hmm. going forward uh, uh, next season. The giants finished 23rd in the majors in 2023 with 729 in a third innings pitch. Logan Webb was first with 216. That leaves all other starts by Giants pitchers with an average of four innings per start, not even enough to qualify for a W. Um, and I know, you know, pitching wins are old school and, and, and whatever it's old school thinking, but to get that, get through those five innings to qualify for, for a victory is pretty exciting. Plenty of giants openers 
qualified for losses because they'd give up two or three runs in two innings and all of a sudden they're on the hook for the loss, but they didn't get through the five to qualify for a win if the Giants were able to come back. Um, so, so, so that is definitely something I am hopeful that I'm grateful for. And, and now that we talked about the Brian Price thing, uh, it just kind of brings it a little bit more into fruition mm-hmm. that I might be more helpful. I just want a top 10. Top 10 in starters innings pitched uh, and we'll be sitting pretty and I think we'll get a lot more W's as the season kind of grinds on. So in order for that to happen, you have another strong year from mm-hmm. Logan Webb. Yep. You have Alex Cobb coming off of injury to, you know, pitch. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to have 32 starts, but, you know, right. maybe he's in Probably the, the high 20s. Yeah. yeah. You have Kyle Harrison eating up some innings as as the young starter. Uh, maybe your boy Disco yeah, bounces back and stays off the uh, the injury report for most of the season. And then I don't know who that fifth person is. If uh, I know that they have some ideas from young young pitchers who could who could slide in into that uh, into that rotation, or you go out and get somebody like Yamamoto, who's you go. you're gonna have to pay a lot to get him. Uh, and I don't know who else the Giants are even close to or rumored to be uh, for as far as uh, as far as arms, but yeah, I mean, Marcus Stroman could be a Sonny Gray. I mean, Marcus Stroman said he really guys. liked the the Giants organization. Yeah, he liked the pitch, he liked the ballpark, he liked uh, what they had to say. And now that you swap out Kapler for Bob Melvin, maybe you like it a little bit more. Yeah, you, you maybe you know that if you struggle a little bit that you'll have a little bit more of a leash to, you know, to kind of bounce back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Stroman, I'm, I'm not saying that Stroman and Logan Webb are, are all that similar, but the, the style in which they pitch is, is a little similar, you know, heavy on the, on the sinkers and, you know, just guys who can battle. Um, unfortunately for, uh, for, Strowman, he hasn't had a season in the last couple where he does have 30-ish starts. I know last year was uh, 27, year before it was 25, but in 2021 with the Mets, he did have uh, 33 starts. But he's, you know, he's only had three years in his entire career, and we're worse going back to 2014 to where he's actually had 30 starts in uh in a season. So, you know, that is something to think about when you're expecting to pay big money from a guy and price is here saying, you know, we're going to lean into, we're going to lean into starters and Marcus Stroman has only thrown 200 innings twice in his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to have to come from somewhere. It's, it's going to have to, and most likely from the outside. Uh, I mean, Kyle Harrison, they're going to push him a little bit. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to be okay. The coaching staff, at least, is going to be okay with that. How much does Farhan have to say about that and the development of Kyle Harrison? I think you, I think you kind of put Kyle Harrison in there and say, "Look, man, you're in there. If you can go 180 innings, uh, 200 innings, hey, that's great. Let, let's let's get you up there." So, gone are the days of the 300 mm-hmm. inning pitchers. <laughs> Good lord, when was I? I think I looked up the last time somebody threw like Randy Johnson innings. or something, probably. Yeah, it was probably like 2002 or something like that. So it's been a while. Um, all right, I have I have mine, which is not uh, so the the um, not de- not pitching related, not defense related, 
I went offense and I thought, and, and this is a stat that has come up a bunch of different times. By the way, I think the last pitcher who threw 300 was uh, Steve Carlton in like 1982. Oh my God. Good <laughs> All right. Well, that's been a while. <laughs> uh, so there's this stat that the Giants haven't had a offense, haven't had a player hit 30 jacks since Barry Bonds. Yes. I would love to see that streak snapped. Here's another thing. Yeah. The Giants have had how many brand new left fielders like since Barry Bonds, like every single year? Have we had a repeat it, left fielder? We have not. No, the streak is still alive. And I can't remember who the opening day left fielder was this season. Oh, it, uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I think it is definitely going to be different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I'll look at it. So, up real quick. so that one is not going to work because those are the, the two stats that I just hate hearing about. But <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we can break that non 30 home run record since Barry Bonds? And I don't know who that is. And I was going to say, who is it, though? If That's... it's not Otani, <laughs> is it a healthy Mitch Haniger, though he is a right-handed bat, is it? Uh, I don't know if they, you know, I don't know how what their interests are in Cody Bellinger if they don't get Otani. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's got to be somebody. Somebody's got to break that. Maybe it's Luciano. Like maybe it's somebody Ooh. like him who right. breaks through that. Uh, or Matt Chapman comes back to life and and it, offensively. So uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see that record go away. I hate hearing about it. So. As far as being hopeful, we're thankful. That is the record that I, I want to see 30 jacks from somebody next year. Yeah, absolutely. And and there will be a new left fielder this season because the starting left fielder in game one of the 2023 season was Blake Sable. Oh, Jesus. They're not going to stick him out in left field. Maybe they should just do it for like one inning. Just break it. And just break it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, I don't. He's not the guy you want to break it with, though. No, probably not. Although that would be a very, very difficult trivia question in about 10 years. Oh, yeah. Who broke it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, the, I think, I think yeah. I've thought of a second, but uh, let's okay, go with perfect. your second. All right. Hopefully it's not this one. Okay. Uh, I, I, I am hopeful that I will be thankful at the end of the 2024 season that the Giants finished in the top 15 in stolen bases at the end of the 2024 season. And the reason for that is because I am such a stolen base guy. I love the throwback. I mean, the, the, God, the Cardinals teams of the 80s, even though I hated them so much, the Stealing bases like that was so exciting because a free 90 feet, if you have players that could just give you a free 90 feet, especially when you're the San Francisco Giants in 2023 and you are not scoring runs, if we could have had guys that could get us an extra 90 feet to, and, and then you know a bloop, a, a, an error, something would score some more runs. The Giants finished dead last in 2023. With 57 stolen bases. You know what that is? That's one stolen base every three games, <laughs> roughly. That's ugly. That's <laughs> that's not good baseball. In a year that they changed the rules to steal more bases, 
the Giants finished dead last with one stolen base every three games. Tyro led the Giants with 23 stolen bases. That's 43% or 40% of the Giants' stolen bases last year were all Tyro Estrada. Um, so if the Giants could just get two more players that can steal you know, 25 bases each, that pushes you right there into the top 20. So you're looking at you're not looking at much. Uh, they don't have to go much further. Now that Jock's not there, you replace him with a guy who can steal some bases. And here's some guys out there with stolen bases that could reach the 25 mark or maybe even 30. Uh, you know, if they get comfortable and the Giants become a running team. Cody Bellinger last year stole 20 bases. Uh, Matt Chapman, who is known to be quick on the base paths, kind of sneaky fast. Mm-hmm. He only stole four last year, but you, you maybe you can get him up to 10 or 15. Shohei stole 20. And the great Kevin Kiermeyer, another center fielder, stole 14 bases last year. So get a couple of those guys on the roster, boost up those stolen bases, become a little bit more of a running, even a hit and run team, but, but, a, but a team that can steal some bases. And you can hop into that top 15 and then you're going to win some more ball get ball games because you're going to score some runs. I like it. I like it. And that's something that you thought was actually going to happen this year. That did not I happen. Did. I was a fool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were just hopeful last this this year. Like, like we, how, we how can we steal some runs? This is one of the ways. We were hopeful because we were only two years removed from 107 wins. So we thought, ooh, yeah. tweaking yeah. some rules. Uh, Kapler and the boys are going to figure some things out. They didn't figure anything out. Yeah. I My last one is, I, I was looking this up. The last time the Giants had, so, okay, Doval had 39 saves last year. Right. That is a good number of saves. The That's most a, saves, yeah. the most saves that um uh Casilla had was 38. And the most saves that Sergio Romo had was 38 as well. I believe I believe I have that correct. Uh, I'm almost sure that I have that correct. So you'd have to go back to the Brian Wilson years when you had a guy who did who had 40 saves to the Giants. And Wilson had close to 50 saves one year. I know the save is, you know, not the end all be all statistic. Uh sometimes you need your best reliever. And this was kind of hater uh before he became the closer. Sometimes your best reliever has to pitch the eighth inning because of the situation. But the Giants depended on Doval a lot, and I think he wore down a little bit towards the end of the season. And some of that is just young dude. Some of that is new workload. Some of that is he needs to build into that guy. And I would like to see Camilla Duval get over the 40 save mark, because I think what that would tell us is, A, uh, the Giants will be in some some pretty competitive baseball games, uh, and B, that Doval would kind of solve this end-of-the-year situation that he has, which is, you know, near the end of the year, he, he doesn't pitch as well. And and that's, like, normal. That's natural. But I think it's a oh, strength yeah. thing. It's a building towards the long season thing. And he does have the ability to be just this tippy-tippy top closer. 
And he's only been doing it for two years, you know, two and a half years, essentially. So still a young guy. He's got that exploding sinker. He's had, he has this new pitch clock that kind of works against him as a closer. So all of these things, and they, I think they can work with him to build into that, you know, and we're talking like, you know, tippy, tippy top guy closer uh, that, that I am hopefully to be thankful for this time next year. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see the way Bob Melvin handles this this uh, bullpen and what pieces they add to it too. Because if there's, I, I mean, a little bit of pressure on your closer is good. If you go out there and say, "Hey, you're our closer, no matter what, you could blow a save, no matter what," uh, that's fine. But to say, like, hey, if you blow eight saves in the first two months of the season, you, it's still your job. No, you got to have a little bit of pressure. So if the Giants can get, you know, a guy or two that, that like a Ryan Walker, who, who's just kind of hanging out there waiting to be like, well, uh, you know, have you seen my slider? It's nasty. <laughs> you know, I could pitch the ninth. Yeah. So, you know, to have a guy like that kind of behind you, I think will, will help out quite a bit. Do you know? that Rod Beck also had 48 saves for the Giants one year. He had 51 right. saves the year he left the Giants. 51. That's crazy. <laughs> That's great. And he with pitched. A, with, yeah, with a, uh, with a FIP of a 372. So he wasn't, he wasn't wow. dynamic in any way. He's <laughs> no. getting, getting a little lucky there. He was getting tapped around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He was, he's almost, but you can do that at candlestick. You can get tapped around. It depends yeah. on where the wind's at. So Armando Benitez, when he was with mm, the Giants, don't say that name. Don't ever say that name. He only had <laughs> 19 saves, but the year before that they tra- the year before they got him, he had 47 saves with a 1.29 ERA. Yeah, he, he pitched his way into died. Pitched his way into a fantastic contract and just was awful. Then the fans at, at Oracle, man, they let him know about it. And I remember, I I remember as a Giants fan, that was the first time I was like, "Wow, we're booing a player." Like I did, like that's not except for San Johnny Lamaster, who is not Johnny Lamaster. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name, right? Johnny Ooh, Boo so. Lamaster. Uh, and uh, Rob Nen, 45 was his number with wow. the Giants, his best number. So, you know, we're talking about rarefied air for Giants relievers with Camilo Duvall. And, you know, he's one of the probably the top 10 closers in, in Giants history already. And yeah. well, I lo- would love to see that continue with him because he's got the arm. It's just he's got the crazy stuff. And he's got the catcher that he can deal with who saves him from some situation. So that's yeah. what I want to see from, from Duvall. All right. That is it. Uh, what's the spread like going to be on uh, Thursday? Uh, let's see. Barbecue turkey. I think there Pops is barbecue and a turkey. Um, you know, because of my health and stuff, I I, I swindled in. Some Brussels sprouts. Man, yeah, Brussels sprouts. we're having Brussels sprouts too. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts. So, we're, so I kind of swindled that in because otherwise it's like creamy this and yeah. cheesy this. And yeah, it's like yeah, I you know I like all that, but it's, I might have a little bit of dark meat, but I'm gonna have some white meat. Uh, you know, and I, and, I, and I rolls. I'm gonna have some rolls because you know no saturated fat and rolls, so I can have yeah. those. And uh, and bourbon because you know no you saturated fat and bourbon either. <laughs> 
Now, uh, we went a little long without talking about our drinks, but I tried the yeah, drink yeah. that I did last week with that te- with the tequila and the little swirly and the and the blueberries. There I still go. haven't figured it out. Now, the yeah. pos- the positive <laughs> of not figuring it out yet is I got Tuesday and Wednesday to figure it out, which means yeah. That I get kind of got to keep making drinks for Tuesday yes. and Wednesday, so I will be yeah. testing. I, I want to make a little little tequila slushy is is my goal. So I'm trying to I figure like out the right thing. Today was not great. Tomorrow <laughs> I have some ideas for tomorrow. Uh, and what were you drinking? A beer? Oh, no, I just went. In. No, I went a little bit of Jimmy Beam, the Giants bottle of Jimmy Beam, a shot and a half, or was like one and a half ounces with some uh, some Zevia ginger. There you go. There you yeah. go. I put a lime in it this time. Harveen, I was talking to Harveen on the way home from work today. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to drink. And I told him about this. And he goes, oh, man, we call those gingies. No, oh, wow. I was like, gingy. I'm like, okay, all right. So I, I had a, in, in Harveen's honor, I had a gingy. There, so you, go. there you go. No, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so everyone have a great holiday week. Uh, hopefully get some chance to hang out with the fam or with some friends. Get the lights and, up. Get the get the decorations up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crystal oh, won't do Christmas tree until December first. But oh so no, we got a little. Way. All right. Well, I'm going to be busting them out tomorrow and Wednesday while I'm, I work from home. So during some breaks, I'm going to go up and start getting the stuff down. Man, it takes there a long go. time. I like to on Black Friday at the end of the day on Black Friday. I like to throw on some hockey, grab a beer. And have the house complete. There's going to be a Black Friday football game this year. There is at noon. Yeah, I might miss it because I'll be outside putting yeah. up Christmas lights. There you go. So, yeah. There you go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out. For Brad, I'm Double G. See when we see you. Peace out. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.